So today we've got the farm herd, sort of. We, we were discussing how big does a herd have to be? I think it has to be more than two. <laughs> well, there's three of us, so we're doing good. I've got Carly Cummings on our farm herd team and Stacy Noe. Is that how you say your last name? Yep, correct. Yep. Noe here in the studio, and which is always fun. And we're going to talk about uh, running after our passions, building dreams, and a little bit about dairy. So just called a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, and uh, I guess, um, oh, I was going to have a joke ready. Do you have any dairy jokes? No. No dairy <laughs> jokes. Your kids haven't told you any dairy jokes lately. Well, uh, see, if it, I would have brought Brayden. He would have been all about telling He would have been all over it. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I do have one. I told my kids this when we were dropping them off to school this morning. What do you call a cow that can't doesn't have any milk? Dry cow. <laughs> that's what we would typically call them. A milk dud. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Sorry. That's all I got. That's all I got. But uh, seriously, though, we're, we're kicking off uh, Dairy Month here. And so here a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to Jenny Tilton Flood, who has been on our Farm Her TV show. Have you guys ever seen a, have you ever been on a dairy where they have one of those round milking things you're both nodding aren't yes. they amazing yes, they are yes, they are they're like mesmerizing because you can just sit there and watch them and it's just it's pretty cool it Great is technology. really cool it is really cool i uh it it's interesting every dairy i go to has had a little bit different technology and jenny's has that uh round milking thing and they're probably the largest dairy in maine i i think they're huge. I, I can't remember how many cows that they milk a day, but it's it's huge. <laughs> if you drink milk in Maine, it probably came from their came farm. From Jenny. <laughs> and uh well not Jenny personally, well, but Jenny's well, <laughs> Jenny's cows. <laughs> uh but I was at a dairy in Illinois uh just a couple weeks ago filming for season three, and they had uh robot milkers. Have you seen that? I have seen that. I have not. I've yet to see the robot milkers. Yep. It was very cool. So uh, they were Lely, Lely, Lely. Okay, Lely. and um, and so the cows. It, it's really changed the life. So that dairy is run by uh, two young women who uh, they grew up on that farm, and then they both left and were not going to come back. And then they did. It, it has like this magnetic power, you know. <laughs> and um, so they came back to the farm, and uh, they have young kids. You know, they have lives still too, and so. Uh, to advance the farm and really be able to increase their production, but not increase the time that they spend on it. They got these um, milkers and it was amazing. And she said, it's like instantly changed their lives. There's no more like being out and milking at two 30 in the morning and then going back in and dealing with a one-year-old or whatever. Right. <laughs> Cause doesn't that sound yeah, like a nightmare? It does sound like a nightmare. Do they have to be out there when the no. robots are doing anything? Thing? No, they're the cows can walk up to them anytime. It's all based on they have like a Fitbit for a cow, and it as soon as they walk up, the machine scans them. It knows all the details about that cow. If they're if time wise they're ready to be milked, it will. They can stay. They can get a little bit of feed, and it'll milk them. If they're not ready to be milked, it like they move on through. They yeah. they don't get milked. Very cool. Yeah, and it seems super clean. Um, you know, there was like chemicals that sprayed to clean it off and. I don't know. I was just like shocked and amazed at the efficiency from it. So something kind of interesting, but yeah, that's neat. I've only seen them at Laylee, so I've never actually seen them on a farm. Yeah, so that's neat. Yeah, it, it really was. So it'll be in that episode, which will be sometime next year. Next I don't. Year. I don't season even, three. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, but it was 
it's a unique thing to get to see like the backside. You know, I, I grew up drinking milk every day. That's what you drink for supper mm-hmm. like every of night. Yes. Right. Yes. Do you guys <laughs> yep. milk drinkers? Oh, yes. yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so my kids drink milk every day. I mean, that's part of school lunch, obviously, too. But, you know, and then to see the backside of, of not just the cattle, but all the work mm-hmm. that goes into it is every time I go to a dairy, I am overwhelmed for them, <laughs> amazed at how much work that mm-hmm. they put in. And we don't have a lot of dairies here in Iowa anymore, no. I, I don't think. Um, we have a lot. Well, mainly up in the corners, so northeast and north northwest Iowa. But yeah. um, my father grew up on a dairy farm, and my family, a lot of uncles, still um, dairy. And I, you know, I appreciate everything they do, but I still thank my dad every day that we didn't go into the dairy business because yeah. that's a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. It's your whole life. It is. My cousins always had to leave early from the events to get home to milk. And so it's just, it's a lot of work. So I can understand where the, the new technology is really. Yeah. It really seems like it's, it's changed their life mm-hmm. and, and made it so that they can have a life more. So, I mean, they're still very much connected to that dairy. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that they've, you know, it, it, it is their life, but uh, it, it's just a unique perspective. So and on the phone, we have Jenny Tilton Flood, uh, who was, if you haven't heard of her before, she was definitely on our show earlier this year and on our TV show as well. So uh, welcome, Jenny. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Oh, well, thank you again for having me. I'm so glad to be in part of this conversation. Yeah. So we are kicking off um, Dairy Month today. This is This is our show to talk about a little bit of dairy and uh, Stacy has an ice cream shop. So we're going to talk about ice cream too, because you know, dairy makes good things like cheese and ice cream, which matters. That is undeniably delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great lead in because when I was doing a little bit of research about the dairy industry, um, I saw a lot about undeniably dairy and I was hoping that you can tell us a little bit about what that is and what it does for um, producers in the dairy industry? Oh, I'd love to. You know, Undeniably Dairy is just this really wonderful opportunity for all of us here in our dairy community. I mean, from the farmers to the veterinarians to the milk truck drivers to the chefs and including those people that make ice cream. <laughs> it's, it's this great opportunity for us to, to share exactly what we do, why we do it, why we love it, and, you know, take it from the field to the table and And it also provides the opportunity for us to give people what they want. People want to know from where their food comes from. And and even more importantly, they want to know from whom. And and Undeniably Dairy allows us to be able to to give them exactly what they want. It's a place and it puts a face um, on what is really such an important part of our lives, whether you're talking nutrition or just sheer enjoyment or even the basic necessities of of running our, our local communities and our economies and and our regional landscapes. So Undeniably Dairy is just this amazing opportunity to share even more. And Jenny, is the goal to bridge that gap between all of those people who are part of the dairy industry and consumers? Is that is that part of it? Or is it more just to focus on the dairy industry? You know what? I think it's part about, it's, it's just a small part of it. That, you know, everyone talks about that gap between the the, the consumer and the farmer. And in reality, that's a two-way street. It's a gap that, that is, you know, multiple lanes wide. And this really allows us not just to connect who is producing the food and who is enjoying it, but it's also a chance for us to connect all the dots in between and how 
we don't realize, even us here in the dairy industry don't realize how connected we are and how dependent we are on our communities, whether they're, they're in the dairy industry or out. So, you know, this, this provides this really great conversation, this uh, sharing, um, you know, whether it's connecting the chef with the farmer that produces the food that he, he's so gr- glad to put on people's table, or it's connecting the little league team whose lights at their field are powered by the dairy farm down the road or in the next county. I mean, this is, this is all about the big picture and all the little pieces that make it. Yeah. And is it, um, when I was looking at it, it's stories, it's images, it's, it's the stories kind of behind all of that. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're putting, putting more faces on the map dot, yeah. you know, and, and we're, we're driving conversations. We're seeking them out. We're, we're trying to make sure that dairy farmers like me feel comfortable and saying, Oh, you know, I know that this is a part of my everyday and I think it's ordinary, but here you, you think it's extraordinary. And, and I want to make sure you see that. And it's also a chance for like, for me as just a dairy farmer to head down to New York city and, and be able to, to make smoothies with people who really wouldn't have thought about the farmer behind it. And I wouldn't have thought about the stresses they have just trying to, to put good nutritious food on their table. And they don't have the opportunity and luxury of having all this time and being able to drive to the store. They have to deal with public transportation and, and living in the city and those sorts of things, you know, we get to connect and, and it means we're going to have a better conversation and things will be better for everybody. Jenny, I know that you uh, have had many different roles on the farm for, for Stacey and uh, Carly and all of our listeners. I mean, to take it back to the episode of TV that we did at your farm, you know, you, you've played every role there, I think, and it's grown and changed a lot over the years. And today you're, you're very much in a advocacy role, right? For the industry, and um, why do you think that's important? Well, I think it's really important. I think um, as a mom and a consumer and as a dairy farmer, you, you want to be an advocate for your role in this world and you want to make things better. And it's not just about making, you know, I'm a real firm believer in the idea that, you know, our village raises our children and, and our communities and we lift each other up. And I think that if we are, are empowered to speak up and speak out, on behalf of the things we hold dear, then that propels not just you and the ones you loved, but, but everybody forward and upwards. So it's very important for me to speak up and speak out about the topics that affect um, my farm, my industry, my community, my family, you know, the whole nine yards. I, I am not a dairy farmer, m- most obviously. Um, but, you know, I read and I follow social media and try to stay uh, somewhat connected to what's going on in the industry. And um, over the past couple months, you know, there's been so much about the dairy industry and the difficulties that are going on, uh, you know, producers who are being left without an outlet for their milk. Can you, can you speak a little bit to kind of what's going on in the industry? And, and hopefully, I hope you're going to tell us something positive for all of those people out there that, <laughs> that I know are uh, working so hard. Why don't I start with the good news? And the good news is, is that um, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Dairy has, is no stranger to struggles and challenges. And challenges are what we got. We've had 
changes to our communities and our industries and as we're growing with it. And this is something that is not new to agriculture. This has happened in other ag sectors and it continues to change and morph. So as our, our ability to do our jobs has changed at lightning fast speed, the, the, the demand for the products that we're so good at producing has changed and morphed as well. People want innovative products. People want something new. People want a different way to get it. And in order to do that, all the people involved along the way and the machinery and the infrastructure and the facilities and the way we do things has to change. And that doesn't happen at lightning speed um, the way other things can change. So all these changes are going on. They're not all for the bad. Um, Some of them are for really good reasons. And dairy farmers are kind of getting stuck in the gears and kind of getting stuck in the tire treads here as we move down from a gravel road to the, to the paved road. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. Um, you know, some areas have been historically such productive and proficient milk sheds. And, you know, especially in my section of the country in the Northeast, yeah. we have a very long history of being the anchors of our communities. I always say that dairy farms are the engine that drives the communities, whether it's on economic level or social level. And we're almost a forgotten part because it's just an assumed role. And as these dairy farms go out of business, whether it's because they've moved on, um, the generations um, want to choose a different life because it is a special calling. Um, You know, as they make these changes, people may notice an empty farmstead, what they aren't going to notice for a few years is the lack of income generation, the lack of tax revenue and all these things. So what is happening now is that this slow attrition that has gone on for so many years is now occurring very rapidly and in in concentrated pockets. Jenny, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I really appreciate your perspective on it. And um, I hope we get a chance to talk to you again soon. Oh, well, thank you so much. And don't forget to join us on World Milk Day and raising your glass of milk or an ice cream cone to celebrate all the goodness that goes into dairy and all of the the wonderful sustainable nutrition that comes with it. Uh, Well, we're kicking off Dairy Month. So we just heard from Jenny Tilton Flood, who is a, a dairy producer in Maine that we have met through our radio show and through the TV show. But we're going to kind of switch gears here. So, Stacey, we invited you in here because... Well, because we want to talk to you, but <laughs> ice cream. No. So we don't have to talk ice cream yet. Um, I I first would, I, I know you've worked in agriculture for many years. Tell me a little bit about your background. Like what, what has led you to this point of working in ag? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in Iowa, in eastern Iowa on a farm. Uh, we had kind of a different... Very diverse uh, operation growing up. So it was me and my, I have two sisters. And so um, it was a row crop operation. We had hogs when we were younger and then uh, transitioned into a cattle. But by the time we got into, I think, high school, about that time, uh, my father went strictly to row crop minus the 4-H calves that yeah. We showed that. You can't get rid of that, right? <laughs> yeah. That's always there. <laughs> we had kids. a forehead. So. Um, so, yeah. So, I was uh, always around agriculture. always grew up around it. And um, then I went to college at Iowa State University, and I majored in agronomy. And um, since graduating uh, from Iowa State, then I um, 
went and worked in the industry and kind of different. I was, I like, I'm all over the place. So I, <laughs> I was going to say, my fun fact that I wrote down here was that you graduated with an agronomy degree, but you haven't really used it. Have you in your no, career? I, I, one year, one, one year, year, I, okay. uh, or two, two years, I worked for Monsanto and then, oh, um, right. but then I went from there and worked for the Iowa Dairy Association. Oh, so okay. Dairy I, month. Dairy month. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked for them, um, doing some marketing and lobbying and getting that organization back up. And then I worked, um, from there I went to Iowa state and worked 10 years there. Actually, that's where I met Carly. And, uh, and now I work at, um, Kemen in, uh, Des Moines and I work for the animal nutrition side there as well. So, uh, a very diverse, I'd say background, but always within ag and I love ag and everyone talks about the family that you meet in agriculture. And, um, I would, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love working in ag. It's true. It's, it's good people, right? Very good people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's undeniable for sure. So what is your role today at Kemen? You said what part of the company you work in, but what what do you do? Sure. So I actually work on um, what we call our monogastric side. So I work on the swine and poultry um, side of our division and um, work on marketing. So I product, uh, there's some products that I manage and develop the marketing strategy and help our sales reps with, you know, developing the story that they are going to go out to tell on our products to help our customers. So um, growing up in eastern Iowa, I was exposed to, obviously, pork production. Um, chickens. Chickens were I had to learn. <laughs> I was Undeniably, I sent myself down to uh, Arkansas, and I put myself in a week-long class because I'm like, I don't know chickens. A class about chickens. I did, yeah. For a week. Mm-hmm, oh. For a week, and it was great, and I learned a lot, and so I'm still learning, but um, it's did, interesting. Did you have to go into poultry houses? Like, do you have to interact with the chickens or just sit and learn about them? Um, it was a little bit of both. So uh, we got, a, I've been in some um, poultry houses. Don't call them a barn. Um, so I've been in some poultry houses and seen that. Um, but we went through and saw the processing plants and kind of the whole, whole process. Start to finish. So it was, yeah. it was really neat. Yeah. But. So for our listeners who don't know, um, can you tell us a little bit about what Kemen is and what they do sure. overall? Yep. So Kemen is uh, based in Des Moines. It was actually founded by R.W. and Mary Nelson, and they still um, are at work every day today. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. still come into the office, which is amazing. It's now um, actually their son, Chris, is our CEO and runs the operation. But Kemen as a company is very diverse. We have a lot of business units, but we started in agriculture and we started in animal nutrition. Um, however, we also, so our division, um, develops and sells products for animal nutrition, a lot of feed ingredient type products, um, that are added to help on a performance side. If it's, um, amino acids or, um, gut health, uh, big right now is gut health. And we have a lot of products in that. And then also antioxidants, um, which is one of my products. So I better talk about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, pathogen control products. So we work in that, but Kemen also has divisions in human health, um, pet food, uh, food technologies. So if you look at, they work with um, cold uh, cold meats, uh, sliced deli oh, meats, sure. and chicken and um, meats, raw meats. Um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of different other business units as well. And we're a global company, which is very very interesting and fun. Yeah, yeah, right here in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, and you worked stepping back, you worked at Iowa state for 10 years. That's when I first met you. Mm-hmm. We needed an intern. Yes. And yeah. Car- Carly found us <laughs> yep. and, uh, then we found you, I guess. And that's how we got our first intern. So at the ag entrepreneurship program, right. Is that where you guys met and, and worked yeah. together? Yeah. That's where Stacy kind of pulled me in when I was a student yep. as a student worker. And then I, um, had the pleasure of working with her full time after that. Yeah, awesome. It was great. It was 
Yeah. Loved, I loved the, the time at Iowa State and working with the students. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an, I mean, it was invaluable to us as a small business, quite honestly, because I was like, oh, how would I hire an employee? <laughs> like I wasn't even an employee at that point, you know? And so I, I didn't even begin to know what to do. So you guys like swooped in and, and hired an employee for me basically. Right. And yeah. gave me some structure around that. So it was, it was a really big deal as a very small business at that point. Mm-hmm. So. And I think in the, in the 10 years I was there, I think we've probably placed over like, one, like 250 interns. Yeah. And, uh, what I love the most about it was seeing companies like farm her or, um, a number of other businesses, scout pro, all of these businesses that were, you know, just starting and, you know, trying to get going. And then we see them now today and they're doing great things. a different world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's exciting. Well, we only have a couple minutes left here, but I'm going to ask a question that probably deserves way more than a couple minutes. So we'll, we'll jump into the next segment too. But so you work for Kemen by day Mm -hmm. and you have a, you're a small business owner by night. Um, and so tell us about your newest venture, double dipped ice cream and coffee shop. Yes. So, um, I, I don't know if it was, um, because I was in the entrepreneurship um, program at Iowa State, working with students there, but I always wanted to um, have my own business. And I also have a twin sister, and Mm -hmm. she actually owns some daycare centers. That was her kind of business in Huxley and um, Ames and um, Madrid. And so we had always kind of talked about doing a coffee shop. And we also, we live in Huxley, and Huxley never had an ice cream shop correction. We had a Dairy Queen, but it kind of closed. And we had this mom and pop shop when we moved there 15 years ago. Um, but that closed due to some health issues a few years after we moved. And so we never had an ice cream shop in town. And, um, we always kind of talked about, you know, if we would do it. And one day my brother-in-law made the mistake of, as they drove by a little shop that had an opening, a retail space, he goes, you know, that would make a great ice cream shop. Should never have said that. But and all great communities are probably built around ice cream at exactly. some point, right? I mean, oh, yeah. come on. Exactly. Like, yep. like that's oh, yeah. a gathering spot. And exactly. I mean, I want to go get ice cream right now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So he saw a space and. Yep. And he mentioned it. And he's probably still kicking himself that he ever said anything. Because <laughs> um, he got yeah. a job too in that probably. Oh, yeah. I'm but we were all, my husband, um, my sister and her husband, we all worked together on it. And yeah. So. Literally the next day, she's like, okay, I think we should open an ice cream shop. And we started working on it. So we opened a year ago in April and it's been going really well. We're learning a lot, but it's going really well. Yeah. yeah. So Margie, you say um, the line, if you see it, you can go do it. Yeah. Stacy is the epitome of if you see it, you can go do it. Don't ever challenge her because she nope. will do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I mean, it was not a surprise when she opened it, but yeah. Are you a coffee drinker? No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> no. And it's funny because my sister and I, we both started the business together and we don't drink coffee. And so, but my older sister is like a coffee connoisseur and she's like, here's who you want to use for your coffee beans. We buy them um, from a local roaster here in Iowa and okay. um, Iowa coffee company. And he does a great job. And so that's what we do. And everyone says it's really good. So I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to do the same. Yeah. <laughs> I believe um, when I had, you have kids, right? Stacey? Yes, I do. Yeah. So when I had my second, that's when I really became like a coffee drinker. Cause I would, every once in a while I would like on my way to work, I worked outside of the house, obviously, then at rain and hail in the crop insurance world. And uh, some days, like I would go stop and get myself like a latte, you know, mm-hmm. caramel latte. And that's like a gateway to real coffee, I feel like, you know, it's, <laughs> yep. it's like drinking ice cream, <laughs> yeah. basically with caffeine in it. But um, 
And so then when he was born, I would find myself being like, I need caffeine. And so I started making it at home because I didn't want to leave the house. Yep. <laughs> and then I I can't I'm not awake until I drink coffee now in the morning. So um so Well, now, we appreciate people like you. Now you're so. <laughs> giving now you're providing coffee to uh the town where you live, right? Yep. Yeah. Correct. That's a neat thing to be able mm-hmm. to pr- provide for your community. So um what made you decide, I guess we, we kind of talked about this, but what's, what's the long-term idea behind mm-hmm. an ice cream and coffee shop? I mean, I think from what we looked at it when my sister and I were talking about it, obviously we wanted to own our business, but I think the other important component is, like you had mentioned, I mean, um, ice cream shops are kind of the, the staple of any community. And, and I love Huxley. Our community is great. It's very um, family oriented. It's just, it's a, it's, not a big town, but it's not a small town either. And so we just felt like it was something was missing and we wanted to do that for the community. But at the same time, um, I have four children and my sister has three children and Huxley, the way kind of it is, is there's not a lot of opportunities for, you know, young children to find jobs like students that are in high school. Um, so we looked at it too, as an opportunity for our kids to have something that they could work at. Um, our kids are also, um, just like my sister and I were very busy. And so we wanted something where it would allow them to work, but still also they would be allowing to do other activities, um, sports and music and other stuff. So um, that's what we did. And uh, the greatest thing about it is that we've really given an opportunity and an outlet for a lot of high school students to to have a job and to learn, you know, good good skills before they leave and go off to college, um, good work, work ethic. And we try to run the business where we let them kind of take a leading role and they know that we work full-time jobs, both of us. So we really do depend on them and ask them to make decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, use their critical thinking skills and stuff. So, um, but it's been great. And that's been probably the main, one of the main drivers is looking at what can we bring to the community besides just great ice cream, um, an opportunity to give a little bit more back to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Stacy, I remember when this coffee shop was, a business plan on your computer. It was. Yep. You, you'd wanted to do it for a long time. So what was the initial spark besides your brother-in-law saying that there was this place open and what steps did you have to take in order to open a business like this in a mm-hmm. small town? I think for us, um, it, timing, timing's everything. And, um, I had just kind of transitioned from Iowa state to Kemen. And so I was busy, but yet doing marketing and and stuff and the kids were getting older. So that kind of, I have, my oldest is a sophomore in high school. So she was kind of getting to the age of, of needing a job too. But, um, I I think that the big thing for my sister, definitely. Um, so I, my twin sister, Sarah, um, runs the daycares and she had gotten them to a point where they she has really good staff, really good managers. And she was starting to have a little bit more free time. And I don't think free time for us is a good thing. We just, we have to fill our, <laughs> yeah, every yeah. minute of the day has I'm to be with full. You. Yeah. Yes. It, you know, I think that's what people that run their own businesses have that mentality. Yeah. Like if I'm not working 80 to five hours a week, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. We need to get with it. And that's what, and everybody used to ask, they're like, why, why did you want to start the business? And I said, well, we had two extra hours in the week. So we figured why not? We'll just start <laughs> a business. Start an ice cream <laughs> shop. <laughs> so, so I think it was just timing. We had the time to do it and, and everything was kind of good. And then the steps to get it done, um, you know, we, we had, first of all, our husbands had to be on board because we knew we were going to need their help. Uh, it's great when we look at our team, which is my husband and I, and my sister and I, 
Um, my background is in marketing, so that's where I kind of bring um, everything. Sarah's is in, in, you know, payroll and operating a business, and she kind of gets all of that, so she runs that side of it. Um, my brother-in-law, he's uh, very detailed, and so he kind of took over a lot of the um, – looking at the uh, POS system and all of that stuff that just scares the crap out of me. I don't want to do it. And he does that. And then my husband is a graphic designer. And so we always have very, very nice looking Looking stuff. stuff. It matters. (laughs) It makes you look like a real business. Exactly. I mean, we always told our students that you need to get a, someone who actually knows what they're yeah, doing because it makes you look, yep. it does it, it's because it images everything exactly so mm-hmm. it's it just kind of um all coming together and all and I was thinking about this on the way over here um we have started doing some catering so for different events cool. and because there's four of us you know we can kind of divide and conquer and it's not all on one person mm-hmm. so like I just did the catering my sister has no clue what's going on that we have a catering delivery tonight but I just did it because it's my responsibility and so uh, the divide and conquer work, works really good. Yeah. Uh, so there are four of you, but then there is the other side, like your family and you have to work together and mm-hmm. you have to get through. I'm guessing that there's been hiccups along the way. I mean, in any business there is, right? Like 10 times today, I've already been at a peak and like down in a valley, right? Because um, that's just the way business ownership is. Mm-hmm. So how how do you guys get through some of those? Um, poten- maybe you guys actually have the perfect situation. No. I, but I'll stop you there now. <laughs> how do you get through some of that? Because you still have to be family at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think the thing is, and, and Carly knows my sister too, is we're very strong personalities. I mean, we, that's, that's who we You're are. Never going to win. No. When you have both of us and we both have different ideas, I mean, I think the best thing is that we kind of know our areas of strengths and our areas of weakness. And I think also it comes with age. I think the older you get, um, you just kind of start to let things go. You're like, I don't care enough about if, if you are that passionate about it, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, that's fine. And so things I think that before when we were younger would have really bothered us. Now it's just like, you know, whatever. But we did have some, you know, the first year, I know, you know, from starting a business, the first year is challenging and you're learning as you're going and it's hell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Lots of ups and downs. Um, and my husband's a little bit different. Like my sister and I, we look at it and we're like, no, we don't, we won't fail. We don't fail. It's mm-hmm. just that it's going to take us a little bit. We'll figure it out. And so, you know, the first person I think that made a comment on our coffee, they said, you know, the shop was adorable. It was on Facebook. It was so cute. I loved everything about it. You know, all the way down to the very be- bottom, everything was really, really positive. And then she said, but the coffee I felt was too bitter and I don't think I'll ever go back. And my husband immediately was like, we need to change our coffee provider. And I said, hold up back up. That's one person. That's one person. <laughs> it's really hard one though. One person can ruin a day though. Yes. It's, yes. It is hard though. I mean, because we can have 30 people send us a message. Like, I love this. This is great. And one person with a complaint gets in your head mm-hmm. and, and you start to wonder, are there more people out there that feel that way? Well, and I think that's the challenge is because yeah, all the attention goes to the negative and that's how it is with, you know, all ag yeah. production in general. So mm-hmm. it was, it's just, you know, setting back and yeah. So we make it taking through. a breather. Mm-hmm. We just, Tony and I, my husband just had this discussion today of, you know, like there's this smoothing point of these things happen and we just have to breathe and know that we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to, it'll all work its way out in the end. It's all going to be okay. So let's talk dairy. So Stacy, you don't have a dairy. We, we already covered this earlier, I think. Yep. No, nope. maybe we weren't recording. You don't have a dairy, thankfully for, for your family, right? Yes. No, we don't. We do not have a dairy. Nope. But, um, so how do you, I always think this is interesting, especially from a standpoint of running a small business. I'm always amazed 
when people figure out how to like source things or to make things happen for their business. And I know it just becomes part of your everyday, but where do you get your ice cream? How do you pick it out? Do you taste test it? Tell me about your ice cream. Yeah. So when we um, were starting, I guess I, all, people always used to ask, they're like, oh, are you going to make your own ice cream? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm busy. <laughs> said, as much as I would love to. And my sister would always say, I don't know, maybe someday. And now I think she's realized, no, we all someday is never yeah. going to be here. <laughs> no. Um, when we were looking at different ice cream options and I um, obviously living in Iowa, we had all grown up with blue bunny ice cream and I love blue bunny ice cream. I mean, that's what we buy at home. And uh, but the thing is, I looked at, you know, kind of doing a market assessment on, you know, trying to bring something different to the market in our area. And Blue Bunny ice cream is something that's pretty common. So we went out and we looked at different options and different um, food distributors and uh, kind of looked and determined that Kemp's was a brand that wasn't overly well known in Iowa. I mean, it's retail options, but when they had a lot of variety and that was kind of our big thing, too, is we wanted kind of this wide variety and so we got uh, in contact with them and were able to kind of start looking through their retail food service options. And um, we don't didn't taste test. I don't think we just kind of were like, here we go. We're going to order and like pick one off the list to be hired for the next taste. test. Well, and the thing is, we, <laughs> yeah. have, a, we have a 12 case because um, all hard packed ice cream. We don't do any soft serve. We do only hard pack, which is kind of also unique because um, there isn't a lot of hard pack ice cream um stores out there. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And we went through and we kind of started writing down what our favorites were and what we thought. And then you start to do, okay, well, you need to have a kid's option. And, um, what about a, a non deer or like a sherbet, which I have learned is like a total hit with kids, I guess. Sherbert? I would never have thought either. You know, I think my, I mean, it is really good. It is. And my son loves it. It's his favorite now, but that one is to me is the shocker. Um, <laughs> and then we are always like, well, we need to have something with nuts in it for the older population. Cause for whatever reason they like nuts they like in their <laughs> ice cream. I don't know. Um, so we just kind of picked all of our ice creams and we, I did do like, I work with a lot of sales reps. And so I said, Hey, what would you get? And they were like, Oh, I get this one and this one. And, and so then we just brought them in and we said, here we go. And we, um, went with it. And I think, uh, the best thing that we've learned, um, through the process. Cause we have the hard dip ice cream and then we also do, um, shakes and malts and, um, we call them bomber blasters cause we're the Ballard bombers. Um, yeah. but those are blizzards, but I think there's oh, copyright laws where, where like yeah. you put candy in <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Of, I mean, here's a fun fact. I worked at an ice cream shop in high school and I loved it, but they did have, they had hard pack and soft serve. Mm -hmm. And I still take very much pride whenever, like if we're somewhere where, you, you know, they have their own soft serve, I'm like everybody out of the way. I know how to make this ice cream cone. <laughs> My kids know they're like, I'll let mom do it. I'm exactly. Like, yes. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we made those there too, but it's, it's, yep. Yeah. It's, and it's neat because like I want the one thing that we've learned and this is, I always laugh because people are like, so like, when are your busy, busiest times? And I said, that's okay. I, Funny thing is at my real job, my full-time job, I hate forecasting. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I have to do it. Everybody knows I hate it. So you would think that I would be okay at it. No, I hate forecasting at this job, at the dairy um, ice cream shop too, because people are like, when I look at the 
the, you know, the week sales or whatever, there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. I could say that a Wednesday is going to be busy one week and then the next week, the Wednesday's not is it, busy. Is it weather? Is it events? Like, is there like, it's, you know, yeah. baseball's really big right now? It or, just, yep. Know? Like right now we could be, it, it just also depends on if there's games in town. So on Monday we were completely slammed and the weather's nice. And, um, but then on some days when it's rainy, you're like, oh, we're not gonna be busy. And then we have a really good day. So same with coffee. I mean, it's all over the board. So that's kind of been the one thing that we've really learned. Um, but it's been fun. It's it's neat to see people, you know, when they come in and they're like, oh, why don't you have the monster cookie? That's my favorite. And I'm like, sorry, it'll come up next. I don't know what to tell them. Like, so, um, yeah. and also as the owner, I have my favorite flavor will always be in the ice cream case. So. What, is it? What, what is it? Mine is the um, shocking. I've changed, but it is my I, once we brought it in, it's the ripe raspberry chocolate chunk. Oh, I would cool. never pick that. I, I wouldn't like. have either. Would and it either. was amazing. It's I love it. So um, we, w- I think you were with me, Carly. We went somewhere to take pictures. We we went, um, I can't remember where we were or who was with me now that I say that. <laughs> this <laughs> is the way my brain works. Yet. We stopped at this um, little cafe and it was like over in northeastern Iowa somewhere and they had Kemp's ice cream mm-hmm. and I had a like a sea salt caramel yep we have that, that? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still remember how good it was and <laughs> I don't ever go where there's Kemp's ice cream I feel like I can't I don't see it anywhere yep. and and that's that's kind of why we we did it and I know that Kemp's um you know similar to uh Blue Bunny and um even like AE that they have their farmers that they work with and I think that was important too I just didn't want to you know pick anyone um, but that's kind of like the bonus though. I think when we're talking about dairy month is the fact that we can impact, you know, and, and help drive sales from a, from a dairy milk yeah. perspective. And like right now it's, it's, it's amazing. As soon as the weather changes, it is full on, full on. Mm-hmm. I can barely keep everything stocked. And so it's, which is great. I'm yeah, not complaining, that's awesome. <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a blast. And now that I have my daughters get to work in there and they, they love working in there. So. So uh, I'm sure you receive this question all the time, but um, how how do you juggle all of it? I mean, you have a full time demanding job during the day, mm-hmm. and do, do you work till do you sleep? Like, do you not <laughs> sleep? I mean, how what what is kind of your flow? Because I mean, obviously you you, you have your family involved mm-hmm. as well, but well, I think anybody that owns a business, you know this, but I I um you know even farmers, I think you know especially for the first few years, we always say that the business is going to own you, you don't own the business. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was definitely the case for the first year. We, we were in there a lot and my husband was kind of like, I thought you said you weren't going to work in there that much, but it's just, you need to kind of get people trained and then we pop in. But honestly, we have a manager that, um, uh, she was, uh, staying at home doing homeschooling and her children now go to school and she's like, she was interested. Her daughter actually worked for us first and she came and was like, I'm, you know, I'd be interested in picking up some hours. And she has been our life savior. She just comes in, she organizes, thinks of things that we don't think about. Mm And, um, so it's been great. So she's really helped us. So the fact that we don't have to, um, but the the nice thing is I love working in the shop. Like I can work, I worked last Friday all day at my real job. And then I went into the shop and I worked five till close. Um, but it was fun. It was busy. You get to see people, you get to talk to people in your community and it's your business and you're proud of it. And so you, we want to be there and it's great. And I mean, Carly knows this about me, but I love working concession stands. I was going to say another fun fact. Mm-hmm. There's something stands. awesome about like having a start to finish transaction too. I think like I used to work at, aside from the ice cream shop, like in retail too. 
and like being able to like, I take this in, I do this for you. Here's your money. Yeah. We're done. It's it's satisfying. It yeah. is. I find that with Farmer too. Just being yeah. able to talk to them and sell it. And be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not every day, but. <laughs> Not every day, yeah. but I do enjoy it. <laughs> it is fun. When yeah. Can yeah. Get out there. We have been doing our best to kick off Dairy Month here in a farm her sort of way. We talked to Jenny Tilton Flood about what's going on in the dairy industry and some of the promotion things that are out there for farmers and uh, other parts of the industry. And uh, lately we've been talking ice cream here, <laughs> ice cream. So that's where I have to go tonight. I have to go. I might show up in Huxley, Iowa to get some ice say, cream. We should take yeah. a farm her road trip. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, having a small business, I mean, I know you talked about you have your family and everyone plays different roles. You are the marketer in the family. So, you know, making it stand out, making it uh, different, especially when you talk about social media. So can you talk us through some of the ways that you have gone about making your small business stand out on what I assume is not a huge budget, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, no, I, yeah. I mean, very, what? very limited. Right, right. Yeah. So what, what are some of the ways that, that you go about that for your business? So I guess first and foremost for us, we're, we're lucky when we look at marketing. And I mentioned before that my husband's a graphic designer. And so when you look at the cost to do things that look good and to really put that image out there that's professional, um, it's nice because we don't have to pay for that. He he does a great job. So um, that was kind of our, that's one key, key point to it. But when you look at social media, some of the things that we've done, I think one of the, the most early on, um, that we've really done, which I really think is a great idea. Um, we have a tip jar and, you know, just kind of put it out. We didn't, I actually, I think we opened on like a soft launch and we didn't have a tip jar and someone's like, do you have a tip jar? And I said, uh, yeah, hold on. Here's a cup. I don't know what to do. So we got a a, a jar and, and the kids that were working, they said, what are you going to do with the tips? And I said, Oh, I don't know. This seems like a headache waiting to happen to divvy these out. And I said, you know what? We talked about it and we said, we're going to do um, every month, the chip jar is going to be donated to something in our community. So we um, post every month, uh, the first of the month, we have a Facebook post and then we put it in the store too. It's saying who we're supporting, why we're supporting them. So um, like last summer, one of the first ones we did was um, the backpack lunches. So mm-hmm. during the summer, especially a lot of those students don't have um, anything. So this would kind of supplement them also during the summer. And so we've done that. We've done um, funds for school supplies for those that, you know, are, are not as fortunate. Uh, we've also supported, um, you know, the local 4-H uh, chapter um, or club, the FFA chapter, uh, senior citizens theater group that we have mm-hmm. in Huxley. Oh, yeah. um, but all of these local, and we wanted to do it for the community groups so that we can give back to the community. And it's been great. It's a great thing that people can see that, you know, not only – while they're at the shop, they have extra change. They can throw it in to support a cause, but it also helps us, you know, when you're looking at supporting our local community and telling them, Hey, come in and support your local businesses. Cause we can support the local community. So that has been something that's driven a lot of traffic. But, um, on the other side of it, we also do a lot with, um, which has, it's, it's kind of fun. We've done a lot lo- lately, especially after we got kind of our feet under us. I think that was the first thing, the first six months, to eight months was just trying to figure out how do we run the business. Yeah. Got that figured out. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to market a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and on social media, we've come up with some new drinks. Um, we put them out there. And so we just did a cotton candy uh, frappe. 
Yeah, so of course they develop it, and that's our manager when she's in there. She kind of works on these things, and so she came up with it. And then, of course, the day that we launched it, put it out on Facebook, I had to work, and the first drink they ordered was that drink. And I'm like, all right, well, hopefully what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like a suicide. I got over this. Here. I it's yeah. gonna be good. It'll be fine. And, um, so we do, and that brought in a lot of people. So it's amazing how just you know putting that out there. Um, we also do a lot with like Mother's Day right now, and. Just coffee reminders, just to remind people, you know, hey, you know, it's a rough day. Come on in this morning to get your coffee. And so being on top of it and posting and scheduling out multiple posts a day um, has really, really helped impact. And um, coming up with unique, I mean, last week was Pella had their tulip festival. Tulip time. Yep. yep. So, of course, we had a Dutch letter oh. drink. Oh, good idea. Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't come up with these things, but she, our manager does. And that's, and that's, it's interesting because it really does drive people in. Um, and they're only available for a limited time, which again, yeah. drives mm-hmm. the hype. So. I got to get it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. So those are the things that we've done. Um, but, but usually it's just, you know, we've also kind of stepping back. Um, we supported, so we have a youth football program and we obviously as a new business don't have a lot of money to be a sponsor right mm-hmm. so what we did is uh simple things like um for any football player ballard or opposing team that would mm-hmm. stop in the shop on a sunday after the the games could get a free that's a great idea free ice and cream then their phone. family hopefully comes in and buys ice cream exactly yeah. and that really yeah. helped because um but those little things are all things that we can do yeah social media is wonderful i mean in the for me that i would there would be no farm her if it wasn't social media you know it's such an amazing medium out there that i think is is obviously it's, it's there for the the taking which is amazing well stacy that that's all the time we have so thank you for joining us here today it's been a fun conversation and uh in honor of dairy month go get some ice cream everybody please do yes <laughs>